0: Welcome to Nourish. I am Michelle Fox, culinary nutritionist, health coach, and your host for this podcast. I teach busy professionals how to get more nutrition in their bodies and how to have more fun in their home kitchens. If you struggle with consistency or sometimes forget to make your needs a priority, you, my friend, are in the right place. Join me each week for inspiration to increase your energy, strengthen your mindset, manage your hormonal woes, and so much more. You have a lot on your plate, but that does not mean your nutrition should suffer. You deserve to live in a body and have a life that you love. So let's dig in. Recently, I was in a mastermind circle. There were four of us. And I mentioned just a very small part of my past, which is that I danced with the dance leader of Harlem. And she leaned in. She's like, oh, I didn't know that. That brings up so many other questions. Like, why do I not know this about you, Michelle? Now I have 10,000 other questions about all the lives you've lived. And the reason I bring that up is because our guest Today, Tovi Scruggs Hussein. I read her bio and, oh my goodness, okay, put your seatbelt on, ladies and gentlemen, because in addition to being the goddess that she is, in addition to being the big sister energy that she is in my life, in addition to the light she sheds with everybody that comes into her presence... Let me just read her official bio so you know a little bit more about her, and you and I can get to know her a little bit better together. So Toby scruggs Hussein is a leader of leaders and award-winning urban educator with almost 30 years of leadership and transformation experience. She is internationally recognized for her signature approach of moving from leadership doing to leadership being, and emotionally intelligent equity and inclusion. Amen. Tovi has been recognized by Mindful Magazine as one of the powerful women leaders of 2021 who are igniting the world with courage and wisdom. She walks her talk, I can attest to that, of courageous leadership being cultivated by meditation resilience, and self-mastery, having had a daily meditation practice for almost 30 years, and get this, also sitting four-week-long silent retreats. Wow, we we might talk about that in a moment. So Toby is on a mission to heal our leaders and organizations through self-transformation for school and systemic transformation. Toby is a certified coach and has been personally trained by Brene Brown. Let me say that again by Brene Brown as a certified dare to lead facilitator to train others in courageous leadership with a lens of inclusion and belonging. Yet, the very best leadership training she ever received has been the 17 years she spent as a high school principal. Tove cultivates conscious, connected, and courageous leaders worldwide. Tove, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Michelle. I am thrilled to be here with you. I've been looking forward to this since we scheduled it, and wow, here we are. Here we are. And I am
0: so sincere in that, and I didn't even share this with you before we hit record, but Wow, like, yes, you clearly walk your walk or is it talk your walk?
1: Walk your your talk.
0: All the above, all I know is (laughs) reading this bio, it's not that it surprised me because you show up as it reads, but it surprised me just the depth. I, I just didn't know. So thank you for being who you are and showing up as a light in this world.
1: Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. I feel honored that you invited me.
0: Absolutely. My pleasure. And I understand there might be a little hesitancy here, but I'm still going to ask, would you be willing to play a rapid fire question game with me?
1: Yes. They make me so nervous, but I will go ahead. And of course, because it's going to haunt me all week and I'm going to be like, I should have said this (laughs) word for that one. I should have said (laughs) that's where the resistance comes in but it's all good actually it's a it's a fun opening and igniter so let's go for it
0: thank you and I do actually have to pause and let you know that it's your girl Brene Brown that I actually learned to do this because this is what she used to do in her podcast interviews that's right so I feel like we're all in sync we're we're all in this together (laughs) okay so here is a softball so when I say the words sweet Salty or savory? Which do you prefer?
1: Sweet, mm. all day long with buttercream frosting.
0: Mm. I think I knew that one about you too. <laughs> I think we shared some of that in our trip to Costa Rica together. Yes. <laughs> In addition to healing the world and leading with your heart, I also know that you are a fantastic businesswoman. So this question is in that vein, which is when you look at your inbox, is that inbox zero or inbox 10,000? It's inbox (laughs) 17,000.
1: Because I'm a Pisces.
0: Well, there you go. Although tell me more about that. What do you mean? The Pisces part. Like, Is it harder to let things go or
1: Pisces is like all the things and encompasses all the signs of the zodiac, which makes us a little bit more eclectic and kind of like we, we like a lot of things, lots of things. <laughs> so, that lots has- of newsletters. Lots of I use my email as my file system, which probably isn't the best way to do it, but yeah, that's how we get to 17,000. But trust me, I'm really working on. I'm trying to minimize that inbox and be more Virgo with my inbox, less Pisces, more Virgo.
0: I think it's all good. I just, I, I always find it fascinating the way other business people operate. So thank you for sharing that with us. So last but not least, would you be willing to share one of your favorite childhood memories in the kitchen?
1: Ooh, my favorite childhood memory in the kitchen Okay, so I was on salad patrol. I was always the one that had to make the salads. My stepbrother and sister had, their mother is a fabulous cook, and so they learned to cook really well. I was just always about the salad, and I just remember, too, from the way my mother raised me was to have a salad at every meal for dinner, and so that was something I got very familiar with supporting and making. Sounds crazy. I wish I had a better kitchen story, but that's really it. And I'm pretty adamant that there is a salad at dinner, whether I'm eating out or at home, there's some roughage.
0: That is amazing. And such a blessing that you are a California girl, because I imagine that makes it a little bit easier to get fresh, delicious, crispy ingredients for those salads.
1: Absolutely. And lots of just mixing it up. So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> So let's jump into our subject because my community, we tend to be one of the least rested of the population. And so I know people saw the title of this podcast and like, yes, please let's hear it. And so talking about rest as our birthright, when I just use the word rest, what does that mean to you?
1: When I think about rest, I think about being held, just being held in the divine, in the environment, in whatever kind of cocoon we've created for ourselves. I also think about my grandmother and she would use the phrase, go take your rest, or I'm going to go take my rest. And as I've been following Trisha Hersey, who's the NAP bishop, She talks about this aspect of rest as resistance and that rest is our birthright. And I started reflecting on that phrase from my grandmother, you know, we've got to take our rest and that's because rest is not given to us. Rest is not something that people are just going to hand over, especially in this society. And so I even came up with an acronym for rest that I absolutely love. And it's just restoratively embracing self today
0: restoratively
1: Mm -hmm. embracing self today so that is rest Mm -hmm. for me and I think about what am I doing that's supportive and nourishing that's intentional that is resting for me so it's way more than self-care in the traditional ways that we've thought about it because sometimes self-care can be a lot of hassle right but resting is just really that time and space that's intentional of to me, just doing nothing for a moment, sitting with my cup of tea versus trying to sip it while I'm working. How am I just going to sit with it? Before our, our, you know, time together today, I was like, oh, I gotta, you know, reflect on these questions, just all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I had my smoothie outside in my garden. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, you know, the sun is out. It hasn't been out for several days in a bright, warm way and i just want to sit and enjoy the sun. so i took 10 to 15 minutes to enjoy my smoothie, no phone, looking at spring coming alive in my yard on its own, right? i didn't even do anything to make that happen. Mm. So just appreciating how nature is showing up puts me in a space of rest, resting with nature. one of my favorite quotes even makes me think that slowed me down this was several years ago and I still have it nature doesn't hurry yet everything gets accomplished ah yes honey I I saw that quote and I was like there it is there it is
0: and with that I love to talk about the seasons it's easy to see here in denver we've got all four seasons you know shining brightly and also not so bright and i like to remind people that come into my circle that yes you might be sad for a time that's typically when the earth is quiet but the sun always comes out in the morning and so i try to remind people that this is cyclical so yes you might be having a rough time you might be having a rough day you might just have a rough moment but guess what it's going to pass so thank you for reminding us to come back into nature I also have to tell you it was about two maybe three weeks ago I did not get the opportunity to jump into your beautiful program that you did that I'd love to hear a little bit more in this conversation however I want to share with you that just because I wasn't there physically The energy that you put out definitely has this ripple effect because three weeks ago, I was kind of in hustle mode doing one of my lunches and I had one more email to push out and it felt exactly like that. Like I'm pushing, I'm pushing. I'm like, I just, I felt Toby's voice in my head. I'm like, "Mm," or you can go take a nap. And I took a nap and don't, you know, I was able to not only create a beautiful email sequence, but I also created a whole new landing page that night because I just needed a nap. So I want to just thank you and absolutely encourage you to keep bringing us this information and these reminders to rest.
1: I'm so glad that you're sharing that because that is part of the premise of the power of rest. It restores us to creativity, it restores us to alignment. We're so caught up in this push, push, push. And when we're not pushing, things emerge. And a few years ago, I was in the woods walking with my spiritual teacher. And I was just talking about all these things I want to get done and need to get done and just bring like pressurizing myself. And I came to pace over pressure, Mm -hmm. pace over pressure. So when I feel myself getting riled up and I feel like my to-do list is getting so long, I'm going to throw it (laughs) over the day. It's like, no, no pace over pressure. So Mm -hmm. now I'm like, you know what? My list is like, what has to get done today? And this is the would be nice to get done today. Mm -hmm. That's how it goes for me. Like, what do I want to get done this week? And this has to happen today, but this would be nice if it happened. And if I just get through the, this needs to get done today, we're good. When I get to this would be nice. I'm like, cool. I had some energy to do that. Right. So it's just that, that pace over pressure. And it's a constant reprogramming of ourselves because we're taught the opposite. We're taught what's called grind culture, right? That grind, you just keep pushing, keep pushing, keep generating, keep producing, keep working.
0: And would you say that that's been part of your story over the past 30 years? I mean, just reading your bio, I imagine there had to be some grind to reach certain levels that you have reached.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, so when I was in my coaching program, the master coach, who was my coach and trainer, she said, you suffer from performativity. Mm. Like, I didn't know that was a thing. I was like, wait, what? I've heard of products. She's like, no, performativity, right? Where there's this, uh, how many certifications can I get? How much can I accomplish? What can it look like? Like the bio you read, I actually had to scale back. Like I'm tired sometimes, right? Like I sometimes I had a keynote or something and they're reading it. And I'm like, damn, that sounds exhausting. Like seriously. And so it makes me almost teary. And so on the one hand, I've done all this to achieve. And on the other hand, it's like, okay, well, at what costs, what are some of the things that maybe I did give up or overlook? I went through UC Berkeley in three years and got two degrees.
0: Oh my goodness. But you know
1: what? It wasn't the college experience I think I would have really loved for myself. And Mm -hmm. I have my motivations why. Like I had real justifications and good reasoning around why I needed to do it that way. But in retrospect, did I have to do it that way? And what did I miss out on? Right? What are some of the things that I didn't do because I was like this? And so there's just a lot for us to consider when we think about. How much are we producing? How are we performing for others? What does that look like? Versus pace over Mm pressure and appreciating ourselves. I just want to add, this was the other piece I wanted to be sure to name. I'm a black woman. And so part of that performativity and productivity felt very necessary to get where I felt like I needed to get and and what we generally have to have in the black community to be considered professional, to be considered at par and at level. We usually have to outperform, outproduce and have more credentials than our white counterparts. We just have to. It'll be nice when that will not be the case in our society. And so that was some of the conditioning that I was raised with. And, you know, much like our Black boys are taught how to behave with the police, I was taught you have to outdo and overdo in order to make the cheerleading team, in order to be at that school, in order to get in that club, be with those people. So it's a very similar messaging that happens very young for us in our community, and this rest as resistance and rest as our birthright is going against the grain of the capitalism and really white supremacy culture that no matter what color we are, we are all suffering from it because we've been raised in this society and we owe it to our ancestors to do what they couldn't do because they did it all so that we could rest. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that's why I also say it takes courage to rest. It takes courage because in this society, it's frowned upon. It's frowned upon.
0: Thank you so much for bringing it back to our ancestors and our history. Because as you're speaking, I'm like, yeah, I I very clearly relate to having African-American parents who I now have deep compassion for the things that they poured into me because they were doing the best that they could so that now I can do the best that I can. But at the time, the almighty dollar spoke. And so, yes, it was, you need a great education to make a lot of money and then chase that money. And I truly believe that's a big part of why my dad died early. I talk about that a lot in my work because he died of stroke and high blood pressure which came from a lot of stress and survival mode. And then of course the nutrition definitely was very lacking. And so I use the word compassion because I know that the lives that he and my mother created were far superior to well, superior in the loving and nurturing way than the way they were raised with their parents. And so I'm absolutely grateful. And so my hope now is that I can kind of turn off that automatic motor of hustle, 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 dollar, 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 so that my children get a better opportunity to truly live in their truth. And so I'm so curious with you, like, How did you even come to this work of looking at rest and and helping the rest of us look at rest with you?
1: Wow. I really came to it (laughs) what I always say through my own exhaustion, but before that, really embracing a lifestyle of transformation and healing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I lost my mother when I was 14 years old. She was 36 years old and she died of AIDS. Mm -hmm. In 1986, at a time when Black women did not have AIDS that was considered a gay white man's disease, there was a lot of shame around that. And so I didn't even tell people for the longest time because my father and my stepmother made it very clear that this was not something I should be talking about, that there could be ridicule. There could be backlash, Mm -hmm. not just for me, but for our family. And so just a lot of secrecy and shame that I harbored and also hard talks with God. Like, why did you take my mother from me? And why does it have to be like this? Why is this my experience? And when I was 22 years old, I met an African medicine woman and was taken under her wing and the wings of women who were in their 40s and 50s. And like, to me, I was like, oh, they were older, but in their 40s and 50s. Who taught me that I am my own healer? Mm-hmm. And that if I just show up to what's present within me through meditation mm-hmm. and through a more healthy lifestyle of cleansing my body and eating more whole foods and self care and walks, I mean, just it was. It was a paradigm shift for me and it was truly a a lifestyle that has been embraced by many of our community before this time. And they get downplayed. I feel like they're like the unsung heroes because they've paved the way for this messaging already in so many ways. And, And so what I learned through my own healing and transformation is that transformation is not a fast process no matter what you're transforming, if you're healing, if you're doing leadership transformation, whatever that is, you can't rush your transformation. So you will have to already learn a slower pace. You're going to have to learn to be patient. You're going to have to learn to be with the seasons as, as you've named right the ebbs and flows. And so I was already accustomed to paying attention to myself, to that inner self, that emotionally intelligent self, like all the things that you know, we read about in my bio, like the, that was a mindset and a way of being. And I had a private school, more of that push, push, push and struggle. And like I was an entrepreneur, I had a private school for black children, grade six through 12, we were fully accredited, the whole nine. It closed in the economic downturn. 08, 09, we really, really struggled to stay open and we stayed open for our final graduating class. And Michelle, let me tell you, when we closed, it was the end of the school year, so it was June. We didn't close and empty the building until the end of July, early August. So now the school's really closed. Like there's no building to go back to, everything's excavated, like everything's been done, sold, given up, whatever. If I tell you that I woke up one morning. In February, from August to February, and I woke up and I looked around, like I'm still laying on my back and my eyes are open. And I was like, what is this feeling? And I heard God say, you're not tired anymore. Mm. And a tear just rolled down my face. I did not know what it felt like to not be tired. Mm. I was like, I, realized, I was like, what is this feeling? I'm like, it just was the, the weirdest straight. So I laid there as though something was wrong. Mm. And he said, you are not tired. Mm. And that was it for me. Whew.
0: I'm getting full body goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. And just for clarification, were you the principal of the school at that time?
1: (laughs) The owner, the co-owner, co-founder and principal. Yes.
0: Got it. And so God said, we're moving on. We're moving on to the next adventure. (laughs) Oh, Toby. How beautiful. How beautiful. And so with that now, I want to turn it to our community. And so when people are leaning in and loving your story, hands up, that's me, by the way, for our friends who are watching on YouTube, you can see both of us. I want to know, do you have three steps that we can take like right now just to give ourselves more permission to
1: actually rest? Yeah, it's funny from one, that epiphany and moment I had, I wanted to capture it. I was like, how can I always feel rested? And mind you, I have fallen off, right? I'm still in the society. I'm still reconditioning into healthier habits. So this has been a journey. And the NAP bishop even says, oh, no, this is going to be a journey. This is not a quick turn because we're literally surrounded in an environment that says, no, you're not going to rest. Right. You're not going to rest. So you have to be intentional. So first, before we can even do anything, the mindset is an intentionality of resting Mm -hmm. and that intention of being courageous. How am I going to just be courageous enough to say, this is the lifestyle I want. I want a rested lifestyle. And if that's the intention, you got to build around that. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Yes. So. You're a calendar person, much like myself. Just like we plan for our meals, we have to plan for our rest. And I just tell people to start in these two places. Look at your next month. At least one weekend a month, no appointments. At least one weekend a month, no appointments. And that means for your kids, too, if you have children. Because how... Often do we really get to wake up and just check in with ourselves and like, what do I want to do today? Like, we're so overscheduled that even on a weekend, you can't just wake up and be like, "What I like, I got to be somewhere at ten, I got to be somewhere at nine. No, No.
0: I feel I feel like you're calling me out right here, David.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My best friend said the same thing. She's like, "I did it. It was hard." (laughs) Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just, imagine, do you remember when we were young and we would just crawl in our, in our parents' bed or we'd wake up and be like, what do we want to do for breakfast? Like, can we bring that back? Yes. Where we just check in with our kids because our kids are so overscheduled and they don't have the words to even say to us, I don't want to do that. Right. Like we treat all these activities. No, they just want to be with us. That's all they want. I promise you, I work with kids all the time. They just want to be with their parents until they're, you know, 10 or 15 or whatever. You get to my point. They want yes. time. They want time. They don't want to be in everything. And so the thing is, if you have something to do and you want to do it, go do it. But the fact that there's nothing scheduled just takes off. It just gives you, again, that that experience of like, oh, what does this feel like? Because you have to get curious. That's the other piece of that mindset with the courageousness and the intentionality Get curious about what you're experiencing when you say, I'm not going to have anything scheduled. What, what does that mean to me? Like what's arising for me? Right. Mm -hmm. And then get curious. Oh God, what am I going to do with my day? Like, how does that even start to, to play in? Right. So that's the first thing.
0: And actually I want to pause there just as a real life example, love some coaching on. I have taken your advice and I've scheduled a weekend off one weekend per month. And so this coming weekend, actually at the time of this recording, I scheduled Saturday, Sunday, nothing. However, a funeral popped up and then there's a family gathering that it just, it feels like I absolutely need to be there. And so in my mind, I feel like this slow resentment coming up, like, ah, like I tried to do it. It didn't happen. But as I'm listening to you and I always call it the Toby flow, I'm like, wait a minute. As soon as you said, let's get curious. I'm like, wait a minute. Is there another day of the week? I can just move to my, you know, hang out, no schedule day. And so is that what you would advise me to do in this, in this example?
1: I would say one, yes, if that's what comes up for you. The other thing that came up for me was what a blessing that you had space to accommodate those two things Mm. without having to make a lot of changes, without having to do anything. Like, so remember when we're not pushing and forcing divine order said, oh, this is the weekend. And here, I mean, not, you know, a funeral. Yes. But my point is you have space now to go to that funeral if you choose to do that. You have space to go to the family gathering and just don't go the whole time. Go late, leave early, whatever. <laughs> you I know like what that way? plan a lot, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank <And> you. <laughs> yeah. So I do that a lot too. i am like, it's four hours. I'm gonna be there for two.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, but that's so compassionate. Thank you for that approach. You're right. Because I immediately go into black and white thinking like it has to be all this way, but you're right. I am absolutely going to enjoy both events because yes, funeral sad, but it's also a celebration of life. And I get to have a reunion with some classmates from childhood. So it's, it's going to be beautiful altogether. So thank you for that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And again, that open day is not about doing nothing unless you want to do nothing. It's just a day to be like, what do I feel like doing? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So you might wake up that day or tomorrow or next day and feel like being social. You might want to do that. And you're like, oh, cool. Okay, well, I'm going to go. And so see how that works out. The other pieces, two things. One is sitting and doing nothing for at least 15 minutes a day. And again, getting curious. Do you want to reach for your phone during that 15 minutes? Are you addicted to some level of busyness where you're like, oh, I'm sitting here and I feel so guilty because I'm just sitting here. Like when can we just sit and enjoy just sitting and looking around and holding again, a warm mug or a glass of whatever is our juice when, so just start to bring that into your awareness and your consciousness intentionally. And you'll start to see, oh, I need to change that thought. I need to change that habit. Mm -hmm. But if we don't acknowledge it, we don't know to change it and we have to get still enough To acknowledge it, right? And then the third and final thing, please buy the book, Rest is Resistance. (laughs) And if you've already read that one or you don't want to read that one, there's another one I recommend that's called Grind Culture Detox by Heather Archer, who was also a black woman rester and has been putting out a lot of good work around opposing grind culture. And the importance of just this, this culture is just no longer, not even no longer. We're able to name that this culture is not healthy. That grind of the culture is not healthy and it's not sustainable. It's killing us. Mm -hmm. And it's not just killing us physically. It's killing us emotionally. It's killing us spiritually. It is killing us as a, as a people, as a community, as A society. Mm. Yeah.
0: Thank you. And we will absolutely put links to those books in the show notes. So thank you for sharing that. And so to break it down, the three steps are we need to be courageous to know that we are worthy of taking this time to rest. Number two, we need to actually plan for said rest. And number three, we needed to dive into these books so that we get extra support in learning how to rest. Yes, I'm raising my hand. We have a witness, hopefully multiple witnesses. I promise I will do all the above. So thank you, coach. (laughs) I appreciate (laughs) you. (laughs) And so how do you support others with the work that you do?
1: Um. Sometimes I put offerings out into the world like that, the book study. So if anyone is reading that book, when, when you're reading that book, the the lessons that I did around it and some of the teaches and activities are on YouTube. Mm. So that was just kind of like my, I decided that starting this year, I wanted a free offering every Black History Month that I would put out into the world. And mm. so this was my first Go at that because I really love to support with my time, talent, and I believe in putting my money where my mouth is. And so that's why that is there. And so people, I hope they treat it as a summer book study and self study. That's there for folks. Meditation retreats, meditation workshops. Oh, my number one passion to do. I love doing that. Rest days, rest retreats, and workshops I love to do. And then Really, a lot of racial healing and DEIB work is also the flip side of this for me. That's most of what I do, along with Dare to Lead. And so, those are ways that I love training leaders and helping people develop and heal through transformational leadership in racial healing and DEI. So, that's what I'm up to. That's how. I can be in the world on purpose and with passion. So, I also
0: know you are highly sought after for being a keynote speaker. And so I love that the world gets to hear your voice in that way as well. Mm. And I knew this would happen. Time has flown by. And so as we wrap up, is
1: there anything else you want to add? I'm just so grateful that you're honoring my voice and my purpose and gifts by bringing me into your space in this way. And I really hope that it's helpful for the community. I love the work that you're doing to keep us healthy and to keep us living our best lives as well. And so just thank you so much for having me and thank you for the work that you do in the world. Thank you.
0: My pleasure. Thank you so much for being my friend. Thank you for being the goddess you are in the world. And thank you for continuing to share your light. I appreciate you. Thank you. You are listening to this podcast, which means either you or somebody that you know and love is likely going through perimenopause and or full blown menopause. And I am so excited to share with you that I recently published a digital guide entitled, Is It Hot in Here? Or Is It Just Me? Seven Steps to Dramatically Reduce Your Hot Flashes Through the Power of Nutrition. And I wrote this book with you in mind, my friend, because it took me some time to figure out the answers to heal my own menopausal symptoms like hot flashes and night sweats and tummy bloat, but I got here and I have figured it out and now I am thrilled to be able to share it with you. And so if you too are struggling and want the quick answers to stop struggling, then just head over to michellefox.com and you will see a photo of the book cover. Again, that is, is it hot in here or is it just me? Seven Steps to Dramatically Reduce Your Hot Flashes Through the Power of Nutrition. You are not meant to suffer, and I would love to be on your healing journey to help you feel better. You deserve this. Thanks so much for listening to Nourish. Have you been driving, doing laundry, or walking around the neighborhood? Sweet. I've got show notes for you. Hop on over to michellefox.com forward slash podcast when you are ready. I will let you know that on the page, you will find resources to support what you've just learned on today's show. And then of course, you can grab some health supportive freebies as well. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be honored if you would leave a review on whichever podcast platform you are listening on. It will help me with my mission to build healthier communities one person at a time, and it will help you because you will be part of that mission. I'll be back next week, and I encourage you to keep showing up for yourself and know that you and your health matter. Big love.